Hi, this is Kelly Chase and you are listening to History Detective, a podcast where I delve into the past to uncover the mysteries of history and then I explore how that story can be reimagined through song. This is Case 38, Ada Blackjack. Down through the rabbit hole, mysteries of curiosity to follow. Now, if you've been one of the people swept up in the TV show alone, you are going to love this episode because Ada Blackjack is a woman who makes the alone contestants look like amateurs. Ada Blackjack was stranded on Wrangell Island in the Arctic Ocean for more than two years. Her four male explorer companions all perished in the harrowing conditions. Not only that, when she arrived on Wrangell Island, she had zero survival skills. Everything she learned, she taught herself after the men had disappeared and died. Before we get into Ada Blackjack's backstory, we have to understand a little bit about who was responsible for sending five relatively inexperienced people to an island with harrowing Arctic conditions. It was the early 1900s and Arctic exploration was big business, especially the money you could make for speaking tours and selling books about your explorations. A chap called Wilhelmus Stephenson, actually he was originally William Stevenson, but he changed it to Wilhelmus Stephenson to sound a little bit more exotic. He had done a fair bit of Arctic travel, albeit with Inuit guides, to help with his survival. He was trying to sell the idea of a friendly Arctic. He even published a book of the same name. Wrangell Island, which is located about 150 kilometres off the northeast coast of Russia, had previously been claimed as Russian territory. Stephenson decided that he wanted to claim ownership of the land. In 1913, he had previously organised a failed Arctic expedition where the survivors ended up stranded on Wrangell Island for nine months. Wrangell Island is an Arctic tundra. That means that temperatures are about zero degrees for at least 10 months of the year. And in winter, for at least a month, the island is in complete darkness as the sun does not even come up. For the record, 11 people died on this first expedition. But six years later, Apparently, Stephenson thought it was a good idea to send four more men to live on the island for a year. He initially wanted to claim the island as Canadian territory, but Canada said they were not interested. He instead thought he would claim it as British territory. Britain never agreed to this, but he went ahead and organised the expedition anyway. To be clear, Wilhelmus Stephenson was not going to be on the expedition. He was very busy indeed doing his speaking tours and promoting the idea of the friendly Arctic. Part of the plan was to hire some Inuit people in the Alaskan town of Nome. So, the men arranged for a group of experienced Inuit hunters and guides to accompany them, as well as a local Inuit seamstress with absolutely no survival skills called Ada Blackjack. The only problem was when the day came, the guides did not turn up. Only Ada Blackjack, who in 1921 was dubious about going to live alone on an island with four white men for a year. Regardless, she desperately needed the money to care for her ill son, so she agreed to go. Two years later, when the rescue ship was finally able to make it through the harsh weather conditions, she was the only one still alive. 
What I want to know is how did Ada Blackjack teach herself to survive in the harsh Arctic conditions and manage to learn to shoot, hunt and trap to get back to her beloved son, Bennett? Ada Blackjack was born Ada Delatuck in 1898 in a small village in Alaska, but after her father died, she was institutionalised into a Christian missionary school where she learned to read and write to a third grade level, and she also learned skills such as sewing and cooking white people's food. When Ada was 16, she married a local dog musher called Jack Blackjack. Jack was not a particularly nice man. He was an abusive alcoholic. Nevertheless, she had three children to him, but sadly, two of her children died. Like I said, Jack was a bit of a dirtbag, and he abandoned her and her five-year-old son, Bennett, in an isolated place called the Seward Peninsula. She was forced to walk, carrying her son 65 kilometres back to the town of Nome. Here, she found work as a seamstress, but as her son, Bennett, suffered from tuberculosis, a serious infection that affected the lungs, she placed him in an orphanage and vowed that she would find the money to get him out and pay for the medical care that he needed. This is how Ada became involved in the Wrangell Island expedition. She was promised $50 a month to accompany the men on the mission for a year, and that was a lot of money for an Inuit woman to be able to earn in the space of a year, especially as she would not have any living expenses in the meantime. Because Ada was brought up in a Christian mission and was not exposed to her Inupiat culture, she had absolutely no survival skills. She was afraid of guns and absolutely petrified of polar bears. When she first arrived on Wrangell Island, she suffered a case of what was called Arctic hysteria. She refused to work and tried desperately to make one of the explorers marry her. When they created a second trapping camp to send the object of her affection away, she would hike 10 miles to be with him. The methods of punishment that these men used on the 23-year-old Ada were extreme and cruel. They locked her outside in the freezing temperatures and tied her to a pole so she would not run away. She was also desperately missing her young son, Bennett. Eventually, her bout of mental illness subsided and she began working and contributing to the camp by sewing socks and gloves for the explorers and making meals with the supplies that they had brought with them. Now, the island is only accessible for a few weeks a year due to the ice freezing over, and for some reason, Wilhelma Stephenson advised the expedition to only take six months of supplies. I guess he believed that the friendly Arctic would provide for them. The problem was that the Arctic was not so friendly after all. The long, dark days of winter, coupled with the survival inexperience of the four men, was a recipe for starvation. After a year when the supply ship was expected, I must mention that the name of the supply ship was the teddy bear, the weather was exceptionally bad and the teddy bear was not able to get through. And so the party of five were stuck on the island for another year. Things went downhill from here. One of the men, Lorne Knight, contracted scurvy from not getting enough nutrients. Knight kept detailed diaries of his symptoms, and let me tell you, they are extremely unpleasant. Towards the end of his illness, he was confined to his sleeping bag for five months, and Ada cut a hole in the sleeping bag so he could go to the toilet. 
In the meantime, on the 29th of January 1923, the other three men decided to set off across the frozen ocean to East Cape, Siberia. These three men were never seen again. So for the next seven months, Ada was in charge of cooking, hunting, gathering, collecting firewood and looking after an invalid man who was too weak to leave his sleeping bag. The first thing Ada had to do was learn to set traps. She also began to keep a diary. Her first entry was dated the 14th of March. It tells of how the first fox she caught was on the 21st of February and the second was on the 3rd of March and then she caught one on the 4th and 5th and that made four white foxes. Then on the 13th of March, she caught three more white foxes, making seven altogether. She continued catching foxes and ensured that Knight was getting the best parts of the animal. But because of the deterioration of his gums and loose teeth, he struggled to eat. She also suffered from illnesses such as swollen eyes and headaches and during these times she wrote in her diary in case she died that she wanted to make sure that her son Bennett was given all of her belongings and was well looked after by her sister. As Knight's health deteriorated, he started saying cruel things to Ada, such as her husband was right to beat her up and that no wonder her two children died because she couldn't even take care of him. Regardless, she kept on caring for him. By the middle of May, Ada decided she needed to overcome her fear of guns and learn to shoot. She took one of the guns and used an empty tea tin as a target. She kept practicing and within two weeks, she had shot her first bird. She also crafted a rest for her rifle to make the process of seal hunting a little easier. Regardless of her efforts, on the 23rd of June, Lorne Knight died of scurvy and Ada was left all alone on the island. The ground was too frozen to dig a grave for him, so she made a barricade of boxes around his body to protect his corpse from polar bears, and she moved into the supply tent. On the 27th of June, she managed to kill her first seal. The next day, she stayed at the camp to clean the seal, and she was visited by the polar bear and her cub. She was deathly afraid, but she managed to shoot some shotgun rounds to scare the bears away. Her shooting skills steadily became better until she was a crack shot, and she brought in a reasonably steady stream of food for herself, including seagulls, reindeer, seals, ducks, and bird eggs. Being a seamstress, she made herself a reindeer coat, and she even created a sealskin boat so she could go fishing and carved out oars for herself. However, by the end of her stay, she only weighed 40 kilograms or 90 pounds. On the 20th of August, 1923, Ada heard a noise and she thought it was a walrus, but it was a rescue ship. And after two years, she was finally able to be reunited with her son, Bennett. I would like to say that things went smoothly from here, but of course, being an Inupiat woman in the 1920s, her diaries were taken and she was exploited by both the men who found her and the man who organised the mission. If you want to do a deep dive into her story, I highly recommend the book Ada Blackjack, A True Story of Survival in the Arctic by Jennifer Niven. Just whose truth will it be? Hers or his story? Maybe just a little bit in between. Now I would like to play you a song inspired by Ada Blackjack. 
The song was originally written for the Taranora episode, but I thought the chorus really fitted Ada's vibe too. So I rewrote the verses. This is Underestimate Me, the Ada Blackjack remix. This is Kelly Chase on The Case. is now on YouTube with more than 11 educational videos, so don't forget to head on over there and subscribe to the channel. You can also find me on Twitter at HistoryDetect, on Instagram at HistoryDetective9, or you can email me at HistoryDetective9 at gmail.com. If you would like to support the podcast, there are a few ways you can do this. Firstly, if you're a teacher and would like supporting resources to this or any of the History Detective episodes, you can head on over to Teachers Pay Teachers or Amped Up Learning to find accompanying resources. Or you can simply buy me a coffee using the link in the show notes. But if you would like a non-financial way to support the podcast, the best thing to do is to share with a friend and write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or even Spotify. As this is a completely independent podcast, your support helps me keep producing episodes. See you next time.